We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live. Welcome to the RG DFS Tournament Takes Podcast, Week 2 edition. I am your host, Chris Kirkwood, screen name Kirk Dees. I am here with two of my boys uh, from Massachusetts along here. First off, we've got the Zumba instructor, CrossFit owner, entrepreneur, multimillionaire, the guy who buried me with Aaron Jones last week, JSU Rab. What's up, my man? Welcome, welcome back. Well, you know, I got this shirt on. I feel good. I've got my JSU shirt rocking. Uh, and if you don't know, I mean, obviously my nickname is JSU. But what do you guys think this actually stands for? That I bought it for? What, like, what, what do you think? Where do you think I got this? You'll never guess. Is it like Kirkwood? a call? That's like a college abbreviation, right? Damn it, do Bobby! It? Do you know what college it is? I don't. I just would imagine. JSU sounds like I do actually. I I I don't know. Come I've seen on, recently, and I thought JSU. I don't know why. I will call Kirkwood. It. You know what college it is? I was gonna say JC Jewish Community Center or something. For like <laughs> <laughs> no Jackson State University, but nice. it goes well with my nickname. So yeah, I bought them, and uh, it's it's JSU's t-shirts or sweatshirts. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, feel good. I, I feel really good now that I buried you with my Aaron Jones take. So that makes me feel even better because uh, Kirkwood, you know, messaging me and Bobby Sunday night, me and Bobby are like, yeah, it was a rough week. And uh, Kirkwood just goes on. And he's like, yeah, uh, actually I won. So it, it was a good week for me. And <laughs> just like well, own me and Bobby on as me and Bobby are like, you know, Telling telling them how we had terrible weeks and Kirkwood's like, yeah, my week was actually it was really good. Well, for those that don't know, JSU is with Run Pure Sports. He's the man over there with his boy Big T. Shout out to Big T for the old. I love that he just keeps he's having the most amazing run in DFS of all time. I love it for all the haters because he's a he's a good dude. Uh, and that my other co-host here, we got Bobby Gomes back. This is the threesome. Uh, Bobby Gomes DFS. What's cracking, my man? Mul- uh, Millionaire, maker, winner. 
I know uh, you're deep in the Rainmaker streets here. I know you got the Sa- you, you At least your Saquon went up uh, last week. I know you got a nice yeah. Saquon. Legendary, is it? Yeah, nice. I got the RM for Saquon, but it means Oh, that. you got the RM. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, my teams are just total dust. But anyways, yeah, last week was interesting. Rough week for me. Chalk hit like that. Like, it hit at a point. You wouldn't I, – I didn't expect for that on week one. Uh, and then I got my car stolen on Sunday. So that was fantastic. No. Right in front of my house. Yeah, I got it back. I, I, I got towed. I got towed yesterday. I had to go to a tow disco uh, and grab my car. But you you got your car stolen. Like right out in front of my building. Yeah, stolen. Girlfriend left the keys in the car. Baby was crying. Next morning wasn't there. Called the tow company. Ended up in Southie trying to get my car out of D&D towing, which is a very shady place, by the way. Just all day today. I was there for like two hours. Yeah, well, car was, was car was okay. Car was fine. The inside of it wasn't. Um, there was a crack pipe. I could go. There was a bunch oh of my God. that was like, yeah. Whoever got in this, it was like dirty Mike and the boys, pretty much. Yeah, it wasn't the wasn't a good uh, look. But maybe I can turn around this week. You know, luck's. I got variance on my side. Rough week last week. Hopefully, good week this week. Yeah, I had a nice week. Can't lie, boys. Oh, uh, no, I, like I was saying, I I was like, I think I, I was like, I had a hundred percent. Like I played in my main Yahoo. I, that's where I played primarily was on Yahoo. I did a little DK, but uh, I had Aaron Jones and uh, Kyle Pitts, and uh, I still made money because only me and one other person were uh, thought it was a good idea to click on Justin Jefferson. Uh, who just took us home. So that's really all you needed because everyone else played CMC and went a little bit cheaper at wide receiver. And uh, so I, I, I hit it right. So that was nice, but uh, nothing, nothing crazy. You know, the big, the big weeks are going to be here for us. We need, we need to get a big bank in one of these uh, large field tournaments. And uh, we've got a crazy slate to do it this time. It's kind of a interesting slate. You know, the more I look at it, it doesn't like, we don't have like a ton of like the, the great high upside quarterbacks. Like there is, there's obviously like Lamar and, and Kyler and stuff, but we're missing a bunch of guys that, you know, cause Josh Allen's on the Monday slate. We're missing like Derrick Henry for running back. Um, and who play, who else play We're missing. Who else are we missing? Well, we missed the, the Kansas city chiefs game in the chargers game. So like a bunch of the high powered offenses aren't on the slate, which should make it this, maybe this will be the week where chalk doesn't smash everywhere and uh bobby bobby crushes but yeah Pittman was crazy huh like i mean he, he like he was like the most obvious like gpp fade for like the ownership reasons and he just absolutely nuked it in everybody's face especially with the opportunity cost in that range the range is absolutely loaded running back and wide receiver and he just totally i get 30 points you really can't do nothing in that situation i feel like what, what was crazy about a few of those guys like AJ Brown, Michael Pittman, they were owned. I was expecting them to be a, a lot higher actually than what they ended up being. And I think it was just the fact that there were so many of them in good spots. I mean, Christian Kirk had a really nice game. He he had some ownership. I just think at the end of the day, we should have all like listened to ourselves when we said how ownership would spread. I just thought everyone was not going to be able to resist the Pittman especially Pittman, like price tag. But uh, the ownership wasn't as high as I actually thought it was going to be. Like, it should have been higher, right? Am I am I wrong here, guys? It's because I, it was too obvious of like a GPP fade. And so everybody yeah. had the same thought 
um, you know, and for so GPPs. it actually made it like a better play in GPPs because the ownership yeah. got held in check by all the all the sharp people touting to. This is where we can always like go back and look at that. I think this is what some people don't do that it, they should do more of is making sure they go back and just look at their process and look at what happened the week before on these type of weeks and make like mental notes or literally make notes if you want to. But like sometimes when everyone's saying to fade the obvious play, who's an obvious value and you get him at an ownership discount of 15% when he should be 30, that's actually a massive (laughs) actual advantage in tournaments. And I think more people should do it. I know I do it. I go back and look at my process week in and week out and say, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And in pretty much every week, you're going to do certain things right and certain things wrong. You got to be able to go back and critique yourself. And that's something that I feel like a lot of players don't do. And that's where like, I will go look at what other good players did. And I've done this for years. I used to do it when I first started way back in like 2014 and 15. I'd look at all the top players from CSU Like all those guys, I just, I'd study their lineups. I'd look at what they're doing and, you know, try and figure out, you know, where I could maybe, you know, get, catch something that they're, they're consistently doing to help my own process. And I think that's something that a lot of people should do. And you were talking about my guy, big T was on a heater right now. I mean, whatever he's doing, you might want to go check out his process and uh, all his stuff. Cause you know, he's been smashing, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's something that that's interesting. I think we got it wrong, and I'm I'm okay saying it now, like not because he went off, because the ownership wasn't what I thought it was going to be, and I, I think that's where I got it wrong. I think you hit on something really important, and I, it was AJ Brown at the top, basically just going over your process after the week weeks over. I think that's like what you have to be, do and be critical about in terms of like yourself and building teams. But the A.J. Brown just specific for me, like when Marquise Brown became chalk in that range, A.J.'s ownership like dipped. I think he was 10 percent in the milli. I think that was a mistake. Like, I try to get more late, but I definitely didn't get enough. He, he was. He was like 10 percent. <laughs> the, the, the wife's trying to get Reggie to go upstairs. <laughs> no, I, I want Reggie here. Yeah. Kirkwood's mad at you. On, he, he wants Reggie on the show. Yeah, no, right. I don't think we'll, we're we'll getting see if he, he's he's always welcome. Open arms. Um, yeah, uh, you know what I love about Big T? I'm just saying the last thought. You know what I and I know because you two are on the same school with me. Like all three of us, it's safe to say we lot we watch a lot of sports. Um, and I, you know what I, I hate about the DFS? Like you ever been to like live finals and you start talking with some of the other players and stuff, and they like there's this like group of people who thinks it's like a badge of honor to be like. I don't watch any sports. I don't even know the name of this player like that. And I, you know, it's, and, and it's like, they, every time I go, I meet someone new who says that exact same thing. Exactly. Fucking nuts. They brag about it. Like, it's like, 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 I don't care. Like, I, you know, like there's, there's definitely an edge to like being like data driven and numbers and lineup building and all that. There's also an edge with picking up things from live, live sports that you watch a lot. And no, but you know, you, 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 there's, you know, like projections and intuition that, that combination is what, what really makes him big T's that guy. He's always been that guy. He can, you know, so it's, I I love that, like throw it all back in the nerds faces. You know what I mean? Um, 
anyways, but let's 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 figure out how we're gonna win this week. It's week two. Like I said, it's an interesting slate. There's only one game over a 50 point total, and that's Arizona at the uh at the Raiders. The Raiders are five and a half point total, uh five and a half point favorites, 51 and a half point total. It's a little scary considering how Arizona looked last week, and they're even thinner this week at wide receiver, but we'll get into that. Um, the next game right there, there's there's like one in its like own range at a 48 and a half point total. That's Washington um, Commanders at uh, at Detroit. Carson Wentz broke the slate last week, which was crazy. Um, but that this this could definitely be like one of those like double bad teams in NBA where like it just shoots out this game. However, it could also be a game where like you get all high on one of these two bad team games and they both just stink. So like there's it's. Be interesting to hear your takes on that. There's also uh, then there's a few in like this range, um, 45 and a half to 46 and a half. That's Atlanta at the Rams. Rams are 10 point total. Rams looked awful opening against Kansas City, but we got some information at least from that. At least looks like from the running back position, like you know everyone was high on Cam Acres over uh, Darrell Henderson, but uh, then Acres looks like he's not even barely going to even play. But we'll we'll talk about that. Houston at Denver, uh, 45 and a half at Houston with a, with a big win, right? Um, played a lot more competitively and, and good than we thought they would. Um, tie, Denver, tie. They tie, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. A, win's a, a win is a tie. A tie is a win for them. Especially for tie. Houston. A tie is a win. Yeah, a tie no, is a win. what are you guys talking about? A tie is like the worst thing in sports. No one uh, – nobody wants a tie – that t- I rather take an L. No one wants a tie. I want to see a winner at the end of my sporting event. There should never be a tie in professional sports. No professional athlete should accept the tie. Like, I don't care what they have to do for sudden death of overtime, but find a way to finish the damn game. Like, someone needs to win and lose. Like, put out, put no us, ties. That's put funny, Jesus. They should do field goals. They should do, like, a start so, out at, like, six. 65 yard field goal. If any of them hits it, they win. Then you, no, then you it's like starting you make it 60 yards. Second base in, in baseball. Like find a way to make it uh, an end. Find a way to. I say to, you just do it. It's like a penalty, a penalty kick, but a field goal kick. I thought JSU was a big participation awards guy. That's what oh I mean. God, I'm the I'm the worst with that because I would take that trophy and friggin' throw it out the window when my kid got it. If he got a partition, this is why. Thank God I don't have kids right now. Wow, no, I, no, no, no! You were already foreshadowing there. These are the dads on the show. I'm just the other guy, you know. I'm just the idiot that got for married. Now. These are the for dads. Now. For now, shout yeah. out to little Bobby Junior. BJ, and shout out to my man DK Dylan who's pissed in my face multiple times this week already. Um, yeah. It's pandemonium, I keep saying. You guys here. missed it too, but pre-show Kirkwood's got like napkins and it just looked, he's like dapping his face and wiping stuff <laughs> off his face as I'm coming on. And he's like, I just come on and he goes, my friggin' kid, it's pandemonium here. And he's <laughs> pissing on me and, and shitting on me. And he's just wiping his face the whole time. Oh, there's like, nothing worse than a blowout. A blowout. Is oh, my, oh, baby. <laughs> I had a deal with a blowout yesterday. Pretty intense. Um, all right. Back to football. So uh, then we got, you know, in Denver's 10-point 10, 10 favorites, and they, they looked horrendous against uh, Seattle, which was crazy. Um Indiana uh, are the Colts uh, against Jacksonville, 45 point total. Then there's Miami at Baltimore, 44 and a half Tampa Bay, small favorite at new Orleans, uh, 
44 and a half, and then some other games are even lower. So we don't have any big total games, really. We, we just have that one Arizona Raiders, and there's some some worry there. But um, the first thing I do is I always do is like uh, – um, actually, let's talk about – so how does like a big picture slate, how does it look to you, Bobby, so far? Yeah, so I think there's a ton of opportunity costs at running back. I think that's where a lot of the chalk's going to be. And it seems like it's going to be a lower scoring slate than what we had last week, especially when you hit on the totals. I just don't think it's going to take a little bit, not as much this week in terms of like a top score to get there. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. JSU, any, any opening thoughts? Yeah, I I think for sure when we look at the chalk at the end of the week, these pieces will be much higher owned than the, the chalk we thought was going to be from last week. And they won't look as good of plays as those plays from last week, too. Those are two things that just are sticking out to me is like the condensed ownership of the two most popular games. You're going to see some of those guys have a big number ownerships. I'm talking 25, 30 percent, which we didn't really see last week. Right. We saw it a little more spread. We didn't really see anyone in that 30 percent range in most of the, the, the large field GPP stuff. I think we will in this and we'll, we'll get to like the specific guys that are probably going to hit that number. But I think there could be a couple that, that get to that point. So this is where, you know, tournament leverage and, and making fades of guys in tournaments because of ownership is probably more of a, a better way to go in these type of spots when they're that highly owned. But again, if you have conviction on a guy, you just think he's a lock of all lock then you should just play no matter what. Like if you just think a guy's ultimately the best play, that's fine. Get your leverage elsewhere. You you could eat a few pieces of chalk. I, I think that's another thing. Like don't be afraid. In, in good lineups, most lineups you're seeing win, you're not seeing 5 to 1% uh, ownership th- throughout the entire lineup, right? You're seeing 30%, 15 10 15 3 2 1 10 you know what i mean like it's spread out it's the total number of ownership and and bobby does a really good job of trying to make lineups like where he kind of hits his total ownership throughout the lineup i think in tournaments really well and he could probably speak to it better than me but i think that's more the key i think people get it confused sometimes you're gonna still play some chalk it's just you got to be okay you know with the accepting the the chalk fades and sticking to your guns with those guys and playing the guys you ultimately think are the best plays with the leverage plays to, to finish out the lineup. I, I remember sending the, the, the uh, $5 winning lineup over to Bobby. I was like, it's com- completely all chalk with like Pittsburgh D and I just pulled it up. It was Mahomes, but it wasn't like you wouldn't, it wasn't like it was, it was Mahomes to Kelsey. Right. Let me see if single they, stack out of a million people. Single stack. Yeah, single yeah. stack. Wasn't even a no no bring back, right? Wait, no, was bring, there a, no bring back. Dude, yeah. the hundred dollar Millie. Did you guys see the hundred dollar Millie? He had Baker Mayfield as his fucking quarterback. Yeah. But Saquon, Saquon Gibson was like kind of a lowish owned running back play, but like made all the sense in the world. He wasn't like there wasn't fooling anybody. Dobbs was in there, who's was terrible. We had eight fantasy points, but he was the cheap play that everyone was playing. Pittman. Uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Jay, Justin Jefferson, and then the Steelers D. That easy, you know. It's that easy. To turn that five easy. into a million. Yeah, that easy. Um, anyway, so what I always do to start the slate is I look at. I'm looking for plays. I'm looking for play volume first, and I see that 
Um, I look at the Blitz plays. They have Tampa Bay, New Orleans as the most, the highest plays game. Now that game scares me. So, um, but I'm sure the Blitz will be spitting out plenty of uh, guys from that game. Um, Carolina, New York Giants is the next highest. Then uh, Atlanta um, at the Rams. And then uh, they do, he does have down at uh, number five, Arizona at uh, Las Vegas. And then I, I just always look at Thorman's snaps and pace from over at ETR. You know, they have Arizona uh, Raiders, Atlanta Rams, Carolina, New York Giants. So the, the two coincide, three, the three games that look to be the fastest paced games are Arizona, Las Vegas, uh, Atlanta, the Rams, and Carolina, New York Giants. But like, and then every other game just looks, we're just going to have to dig through and, and find the plays. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off at the running back position. We're going to give you, um, kind of identify the chalk, give our thoughts on it, and then have to give you guys some plays. And then we're going to go over to quarterbacks and, uh, then we'll, that'll seem, uh, you know, segue right into wide receiver. Uh, we'll talk about stacks and then we'll close it out with tight end this week. I might let Bobby give a couple defensive plays because I know he really wanted to last week, but uh, I did. I did. I'm going to, I'm going to say that, you know, just, he was all over the Steelers D. So uh, we'll give him the, we'll give him the chance here to. I definitely to, wasn't on the Steelers D. But all right. I was trying nice. to, no one, no one knew. I was, <laughs> nobody knew I was lying. Jesus. Take, oh. take the credit. Take the credit. Um, all right. So running backs, this is where we have the chalk, right? So the first play we're going to we're going to bring up here this Saquon Barkley. He looked electric again, right? He uh had four rushes of over 10 plus yards. He had 164 rushing yards, 18 rushes, seven targets, 83% of the snaps, which is what exactly what I would talked about last week um from that that those games that he was uh healthy for that three game stretch of last season, right in it was 84% of the snaps last year, it was 83% this time, right in line. He had a 33% target share of the offense. Um, he's facing Carolina. This is a game that both of those, uh, both Cardi and uh, ETR, they like the pace of. Um, Carolina gave up 187 yards last week to Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, and uh, the Giants are actually favored. Is that correct? Yep, that is correct. I had to I had to do a double take there because I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Not since Eli was uh, beating uh, beating my Patriots. Um, all right, so he's going to be a chalk. I don't see anything wrong. I mean, if if he's the way that I think he is, you know, and and he's healthy, and their offensive line has improved, which is a which is a big thing, and the kind of you know he's kind of both works in both game strips. If they're behind, it's going to be target, target, target. If they're ahead, it's going to be run, run, run. And so if he's the guy I think he is, then 7,300, this is the last we're going to see at this level. Um, unless I'm wrong. How would he, what do you guys take here on him? I think you're hundred percent correct. Like they seem to want to run this offense through Saquon 7,300 basically made the case for that prior to week one with CMC and he was at 8,500. I really like Saquon in this spot. I'm going to be looking for reasons to fade him all week because it looks like all weekend because he's he's at 30% ownership, but I'm definitely going to end up just playing him. Um, yeah, it's just tough to get away from him, really. There are guys underneath him I think are interesting. Nick Chubb never gets played. He's right around that price tag in a good matchup versus the Jets. 
and Swift in that dome game that could be very high scoring or could be could be very ugly with Detroit and Washington's right there as well. So those are two guys I would, if I was fading, I'd have some interest in. I think there's reason to have interest in them anyways, but I don't know, right now I'm playing Saquon. Yeah, I, I think that you, you guys brought up a lot of good points about what he did last week and the, the fact that he's going to be involved either way, like Kirkwood said, it just makes sense, right? Like he's going to get volume in the passing game. He's going to get the touches on the ground. He had the highest snap share of any running back, highest target share. Like you're just looking at this and you're just saying, if he's going to get close to this volume, he's still mispriced at 7,300. You know what I mean? And like Kirkwood said, this might be the last time we see him here. If he's getting this type of volume consistently, I mean, we're talking about the top type of top tier type of volume. So we're talking about him in the 8,500 to nine something range that CMC, uh, Jonathan Taylor, like we're talking about that type of range in volume, right? And if we're talking about close somewhere in that area, then yeah, he's still mispriced and he's a really good play. And like Bobby said, Tournament players will look for reasons to fade him. I ultimately just think, though, he's a really good play, and Carolina couldn't stop Cleveland on the ground. I think they might have a tough time stopping uh, Saquon on, uh, on the ground, too. So either way, though, the way this game goes, Giants winning, Giants losing, he's going to be involved. So I, I like Saquon here. And and we're so used to him. So, like, athleticism and talent and, and has never been the issue with him. Um, it's always been – injury or and a horrible offensive line and no other weapons and you know and they are thin uh well they do have some interesting things going on at wide receiver but um still they have an improved offensive line they look better i think they're going to keep improving i kind of i think they're going to be an average team this this season and average is good for like saquon because he's above average right like and he's getting all all that look so I, i love that play the next highest on guys. There's going to, we should probably talk about Leonard Fournette a little bit. Um, he, he's just a little bit lower at 6,700. Um, he looked good. Um, he had, he 21, uh, rushing attempts for 127 yards. He didn't find the end zone. He had two targets, uh, 18 or almost 19 fantasy points. The thing that sticks out 76% of the snaps, um, two of three running back red zone opportunities. Um, Saints have always been tough to run on, but they just allowed CPAC Cordero Patterson to just absolutely dust them last week. So maybe they aren't that stout anymore. Um, and uh, they're uh, only another negative for, for Fournette is his off offensive line is injured. Their receivers are banged up. Godwin is out. I mean, have playing him like they did. was just crazy to me, but uh, he's gone. So I guess that's probably a boost. Like, you know, I, you know who looked awesome? We'll get into wide receiver, but Julio looked awesome, I thought. Um, we'll, we'll get under that. He's on the TB12 diet. Uh, must, yeah. He's on the – they said he's on the TB12 diet. But he, diet. he like, hurt his back and, like, the like did you see him? He was, like – like, he, he almost he made that – He always hurt something. I know. I mean, he almost made that amazing catch on the sideline, a deep one, and he just missed it. It was a great play. Um, 
but uh, he got up all hobbled, but he came right back out, which is not what we're used to. I had to do a double take for that. Cause I'm just, I was like, Oh, he's gone. He's done. But uh, <laughs> he came back in. So that was a, that was a great sign. So again, and, though, uh, if you want to play your Julio, you better get it in early. Cause like Kirk would said, he might be, uh, he might be heading towards the, the injured list in a, a little bit. Cause uh, he always gets nicked up, but I got to take on this game. Cause I know Lenny's going to be popular, we got to take stands somewhere with some of these chalkier guys. And I don't really love this game as much as maybe the blitz does for offense. The saints have, have played the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tough for a while. I think Tampa hasn't beat them since like 2018 or something like that. I don't know if that's a hundred. Uh, you guys could fact check me if you want, but I'm pretty sure they haven't won in a while um, against the Saints. saints have had their number and, I just think this is going to be more of like a, a slug, slug it out type game where at the end of the day, there's going to be like 30 points scored in this game. And it's just going to be like a slower paced game um, where, you know, at the end of the day, it's close and it's a battle. Um, and both these teams are struggling to kind of put up points. Uh, you talked about the offensive line issues, Donovan Smith, the left tackle for Tampa Bay's out. Tristan Wirfs is questionable, so we have to wait on him. He's one of their better linemen as well. So uh, those are definite big issues for Tampa Bay. They can't afford to lose any other offensive linemen. Uh, you know, already losing Jensen for either the season or he says maybe he comes back at some point. But that was a major loss. He was like the he, he was the biggest piece of that offensive line. The dude was just an animal. So losing him already you know, it's interesting. And then all the receivers are questionable or are out. Godwin got hurt again. He's out. So Tampa's going to struggle. I think Tampa Bay, it's a team that everyone's just predicting, Oh, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And I don't know, like I, I'm not like just jumping them up to the top just because like, I think the AFC is way stronger than the NFC. So that could be something that maybe they have a little easier path, like in general, but, I just don't know if they're that team anymore. Like, I think Brady's still fine. He's got issues himself with the the home stuff. I don't know. Him and the wife aren't staying together or, or something, I heard. I, I don't know. Yeah, That's, there's, there's a lot of, lot of issues going on. There are a lot of rumors and things going on with that. But, I mean, and he's 45 years old. Um, you know, or Well, the age has never played a factor it. with him, right, Kurt? I like, know, but, like, eventually something. It, it's going to some some point. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I get you. Like Lenny doesn't feel like the smash play as some of these other guys do. Um, but the next guy, and Bobby, give your take too. But uh, then we'll segue into uh, Darrell Henderson. Is it Daryl or Daryl Henderson? I, Darrell. I, I think it's Darrell. Yeah, it's Darrell. I but think, I always yeah. I always forget. It's like I still get Devers wrong, and I'm a Boston guy. Like Devers, Dever. You know, it's just like. Um, one of those, but uh, Henderson's going to be chalked too. And I, I got some takes there, but Bobby, what are your thoughts with Fournette? Fournette? Pretty much the same aligned with you guys. I think Fournette, they're, they're, they might lean on him just because the offensive line is so banged up and Brady's not going to really have a ton, a ton of time to throw with that. We'll at least try to lean on him as the game begins. But with that D line from the saints, uh, it's bad for throwing and running the football. If you have no um, offensive line to really speak of. So, I don't know how much I'm on the Tampa Bay side in this game. All right. Um, Henderson, 5,700. Everybody whiffed 
on the uh, opening night with uh, their Cam Akers projections. Hey, 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 don't put me in everyone's boat. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> but, uh, everybody but JSU, which is – which is that's when he, hey, when hey, he has a take. I'll throw Big in the mix too. I didn't think I've, I've always See? learned with JSU is when he has like a – like when he comes out with like a hard stance against someone that everybody else loves, um, or like has a different opinion. That's the time to follow follow JSU for sure. Um, but anyways, uh, actually, everyone had a um, acres for more of a workload, um, and there just wasn't. It was not a split whatsoever. It was. Uh, um, they don't split out- Kirkwood. He does, yeah, they, he doesn't want to split. He doesn't split. Yeah. They like to. They like to get their running backs in a flow. You like you can tell that the the running back rooms in the league. They're starting to shift, right? Before it was like there was a workhorse back on a, lot, a majority of these teams, and they kind of rode that back. And now you can see a shift where like teams have like a, a running down back, a passing down back, or they've just got two like split guys that play 50-50 or 60-40 and can do a little of both. And then you have like the few outlier teams that still implement that, you know, 80-20. 75-25 workhorse back, and this is one team. Sean McVay has always done this where he, he just gives whoever he sees is the best chance of him you know, winning. He's giving him the lion's share of the carries and the work in the backfield, and it's always been beneficial for fantasy, right? Like those guys have always produced in those type of situations. So that, that's the one thing that people forget during the off season and whatever, like everyone just like assumes they're just going to change from what they've always done. And I just, I didn't understand it. Like it's going to be one or the other. Why are you assuming any different? Like it's never that way. I don't care who comes out and tweets about it. Like, unless it's Sean McVay literally coming out. And even then I still don't believe him because why would he just tell everyone what he's going to do? So, so how do you feel about fading Henderson this week, JSU? Because that's where everyone's kind of thinking. I, ver- I, ve- I want to do it so bad. I feel super uncomfortable doing it, though. But everyone's going to start their teams with Saquon and Henderson. So, this okay. My would, you be, would you be absolutely shocked if Akers gets a role in this? I'd be, I'd, be stun- I'd be stunned. I think I see. I I kind of wouldn't. I kind of feel like we're just always going to get it wrong with like McVay. Oh or, God, um, they're going to be like San Francisco, where we literally can't predict anything with their backfield. I don't know. I just it seemed like so. You know, I guess it's because he's he's kind of dusty since coming back from the Achilles or whatever. But uh, I don't, and we, I, I don't know. I, I like. I wouldn't be shocked if like he was just trying to make a point and get him going this week or something. I, I don't know. All I know is I don't know, but I know that everybody else thinks they know like um, over on like the blitz chat. Now everyone's like, he's an absolute lock. And so it's like, whenever, whenever someone's an absolute lock, I'm like trying to like, you know, trying to figure out the way the the fade, right? Like try, I want to fade. Um, but uh yeah, the only thing is, so he's cheap, right? And he got 81% of the snaps, so that's that's amazing. Falcons are pretty good against the run and traditionally have been good against the run, but they've always been bad against pa- against uh, the, for passing backs. Um, I just don't know how much of that he's going to get. And then um, 
I, I, they, you know, it's not, so it's not the best matchup. There's a, at least a little bit of concern for a question mark for me, but cause I'm just not ready to, to bite and say that, okay, it's official acres is going to be on the bench all season this season. You know what I mean? Well, it might not be all season, but it's not going to be week two. I just don't think uh, like it could happen at some point where they switch roles, but I just don't see it happening this fast. You know, obviously he's not shown them enough. Like it's, you think one week of practice is going to be enough where he's like, okay, you know, he, he's there. I, I I'd be pouting in a corner. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Like uh, it, to me, I'd be I'd be shocked if if they use Cam Akers, but I, I agree with you that like the the Atlanta Falcons are they're decent against the run specifically, and obviously people didn't take into account that the Rams are you know they're not as good in the offensive line as they were last year. Obviously, with Whitworth retiring, um, their left tackle like that was a huge downgrade for them. They, they ran so much through him and on his side and leaned on him, especially in run plays. And just obviously as, as the leader of the offensive line line, you know, like it was just a massive downgrade and you saw it instantly. Like no boom just got bullied that entire game by Von Miller. Like when a team can just rush four and five, the entire game and consistently get pressure, hurries, sacks on your quarterback, that is not good. That is that is very very bad when they're just doing it the entire game. There's no like, there's no like change, right? They're not like doing different things and disguise it. No, like they're just doing the same thing on. Th- they're just pinning back four guys and they're consistently getting to you. That's really bad. And they were just owning that offensive line. So uh, that that is one thing that worries me for that team in general, like going forward. Um, and then the other thing is is that. You know, so the, the the thing that's in his favor is that, you know, they're a 10 and a half point favorite or whatever they are that, you know, could be a run heavy game script. What are you what are you doing with him, Bobby? So I think you made an interesting point. Like if he's going to get there through the air, his like over for receptions is over two and a half with the juice on the over. I think it's relatively low, right? Like two and a half catches. There's a ton of guys in this range that you can make a case to fade him with. Antonio Gibson in that Detroit-Washington game, we've seen him get a heavy workload last week. I would expect that to continue. Same game, Cordell Patterson played great last week. No Damian Williams this week. I think he's interesting. Uh, Rams can give up. They really struggled versus the run last year, I feel like. I think that's a good way for Atlanta to attack them. Zeke looked good at 6K, at 5'9", actually, last week. I don't mind him versus a Bengals defense. That's You're not playing Zeke against the Bengals. So here you you got to have – you have to have Dak playing because it's like they're just going to stack the box against because you know yeah. they're going to just run Zeke. Okay, like, okay, no, that's fine. Cooper Rush is like no, no I, I, come on, you can fight back. Tell me, tell me, I'm a donkey <laughs> if you like Zeke. I just there's no way you're playing Zeke. I never played Zeke, so like you would be right. But I just thought he looked different <laughs> last week. I think Cooper Rush, maybe he, I don't know, he's more he, Cooper like oh, Dak, Bobby, Dak, come Dak, on, Dak, no. Like, Cooper no. Rush can Cooper Rush can get the ball out. I don't think he's atrocious. I'll I'll be playing like Bengals D. Obviously, I think everyone's gonna be playing Bengals D though. Everyone will be. But I don't like well, we're gonna we're gonna let you close that out at the show, but I'm curious if you're gonna play him in tournaments. I yeah, I'm curious about that too, because I 
they obviously they made the pricing after Dak got injured, so it's tough. I usually ask the chalk defense. Uh, say Damian Harrison Stevenson, I think one of those running backs in the from New England in the Pittsburgh game is interesting. Chase Edmonds and Damian Pierce, they're around the Daryl Henderson range. I think they're both strong. They Chase Edmonds had a really good role in that Miami offense last um, last week, and Damian Pierce, everyone there's flop lag with him, right? Like he's going up against Denver. Everyone wanted to play him last week. Publix on him. He's 4,700. It's very cheap. Wouldn't mind going to him. So there's opportunity costs in this range around Henderson, but Henderson could just be a fantastic play. And that's what scares me thinking about it. All right. Um, I got three other guys that look pretty damn interesting. So there's Javante Williams, who got a ton of targets uh, in the last 12 targets, 11 receptions, um, and also, you know, maybe less on the, the rushing. Like they use uh, Gordon a little bit more of a rushing or more of a split. Um, but uh, I'm high on Javante. So against uh, Houston, um, after a, a tough loss where they, they could come out strong and he, he could have a big game, I could see Joe Mixon. He was the play last week against uh, – this could be, you know, as as their uh, nice favorite against uh, Dallas without Dak. Um, they could just lean on Mixon in this game. Mixon has a lot going for him. I mean, he has 76% of the snaps for him. Um, so, uh, you know, 21 and a half fantasy points without a touchdown, right? Like just needs to get a little pay dirt to really, to really go off, uh, led all running backs in, uh, in routes, which is interesting. Um, they have a rebuilt offensive line, which is pretty interesting. And, uh, Dallas was, uh, 22nd in DVOA versus the run last week. I'll only have one week to, to calculate that. I wouldn't put a lot into it, but still, I think that uh, Mixon could could be in for a, an even better game this week. What are your thoughts with uh, those two guys? Um, I would personally say that Joe Mixon, even though I, I, I like Joe Mixon and I think it's a good spot for him, I struggle with, like, is it the ceiling spot where, you know, they gave him a, a crap load of touches and work last game to the point where, he went off towards the end of the game. I don't oh know my if God. he was cramping. I don't know if his ankle or whatever was. I know they wrapped his arm at one point uh, or, or, or whatever. So he came off twice technically. But, like, he didn't really play as much towards the very end of the game. And I think it was just because he was hampered, whether it be cramps or some type of injury. Now he's not – I'm pretty sure he's not on the injury report, so he's fine now. But – if they're up in this game against Dallas, who's starting Cooper Rush, like, are they really going to push Mixon the way they pushed him when they were down against the Steelers late in that game? Like, probably not. But could he get there alone in the first three quarters and crush? I mean, yeah, it is possible. So, dude, he I'm saw just a ton of away, but he saw a lot of work. Twenty-seven carries. I didn't realize. I know it went to OT or whatever. Led running backs in in just complete like touches overall. Yeah, nine targets or seven receptions. So he had thirty-four touches, twenty-seven uh, rushing attempts, seven uh, receptions. Yeah, and then I mean, we got he was one of the best plays on the board. Like he just didn't get in the end zone. Like he did everything you wanted, and they couldn't run the ball in the first. He was he, like he was running into offensive linemen early. Like they definitely had some issues offensively early uh especially that line they just weren't doing they they weren't getting you know they they weren't getting it done early they weren't getting a push early 
Um, he got, he, he had one like big run where there was a big hole and he, he kind of went through it and had a big gain. But like, other than that, they didn't really do much as much on the ground as I thought. Now they'll probably be better against the Cowboys, but at, at the end of the day, I, I'm going to go Javante. If you just make me choose one of them, just cause I think he's in a, a really, really good spot. And I, I, I think that he's just ultimately going to be a stud fantasy wise. Like the guy got 11 or was it 12 targets or something like that last game in he didn't get a lot of carries running the football, but it was more like, I think game script kind of changed that too. Like they were, they were obviously down to the Seahawks. Like if, if they were up, he probably would have had the reverse in, in carries, but he was gashing them on the ground early. And then he did his thing catching the ball. So either way this game goes, which I, I think they're going to be leading. Hopefully I, I think he can get it done no matter what. So I, I love Javante. Yeah, I'm big on him too. And I'll throw one more name in there too for Bobby to give his thoughts to uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, I mean, yeah, I really like Swift. I like I like the Javante call a lot. Like he's 200 under. Leonard Fournette is going to be chalky and uh, 800 above Daryl Henderson in terms of price. I think he makes it. He makes for a really good play. Leverage off the two of them. I think he's very interesting. Swift, like Swift's going to see these targets. I think that. They, they, people are saying that he ran well just because the oper- – but what if he sees more goal line this week and what if it's not – it's just tough to I, – I have no issue playing Swift. I think he's one of the highest guys I have in terms of ceiling projection. So I don't hate Swift at all. And Mixon, Mixon's fantastic too. Um, Mixon might be a little bit chalkier than I think what, but for good reason, right? Like it's a great spot. Bengals D is going to be very chalky, so – one thing I'm with Bobby on too, just before we move on, is last week I told people don't play Damian Pierce. Rex Burkhead's still there. You you, you want to see it week one. Everyone's like, oh, Rex Burkhead, come on. He's not he's not actually a thing. Obviously, he he ends up leading the snaps. You know who you are. Like everyone was saying it. No, no one thought Rex Burkhead was gonna be a factor. Not one person. What about Nick Chubb? I, 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 I said I back. I said sexy Rexy was going to get some work. I think I remember. I was you did? So yeah, I think so. The, like we'll have to rewind the I tape. To we'll have to like, rewind the tape. Of, well, forget about the show. Everyone I talked to who was playing Damian Pierce was not even remotely concerned about what Rex Burkett could do. And I know for a fact he was popular for one of because of that reason. Like everyone thought it was just Pierce's show. I think this is the ultimate flop leg, though. I agree with Bobby on that 100%. If you think Houston can even hang around remotely in this game, like just even a little bit, it's not – in a blowout, too, he probably still gets run. You know what I mean? So I guess it's not terrible because he probably still gets some run in a blowout. But if you think they hang around, I think Damian Pierce makes a lot of sense uh, in this because no one's going to be on him this week. Everyone's pissed off who played him. That he he got like outsnapped by Burkett like majorly too like it was a, a big number it was like seventy thirty or something like that so uh, I think he's the spot to go back to and I think Denver can be gashed on the on the ground Rashad Penny Rashad Penny had some big holes in that on that right side some big runs and there was a couple that got uh, that got pulled back because of some penalties but it could have been an even bigger day for Penny I think on the ground. But there were some openings for him, and 
uh, people might not have realized it because he only ended up with like 64 yards on the ground, but I thought he looked good. And I thought that Denver could definitely have been had even worse on the ground. So uh, I think a team will exploit it. I think that's going to be a spot where Denver struggles during the year. Um, I was just surprised they struggled a little more in the secondary early. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. There was a few like breakdowns, like complete breakdowns, but um, yeah, I think Damian Pierce makes for a really good tournament play this week. What about Nick Chubb? Any Nick Chubb versus the Jets? Like they, he's gonna obviously people don't want to play him on DK. He's right there with Swift and Saquon in terms of pricing. I mean, you're a big Nick he's, Chubb guy. He he's a stud, Bobby. You know, I love Nick Chubb. I just I wish he didn't have like the 50-50 him and Kareem Hunt. I, I, it, it drives me nuts because I think Kareem Hunt is like super good too. And it stinks that like it's not a lesser guy because like Kareem Hunt can kind of finish off Nick Chubb's like drives where Nick Chubb gets him down. He does a lot of the 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 grit in in in, in the big work, the leg work, and then Kareem Hunt just friggin' finishes it off and you're tilted. But the ownership the ownership is is good leverage in tournaments, right? We all have that recency bias from last week and obviously last year with Hunt. What if Chubb has the two CD game versus the Jets? No, I, I agree with you. It's probably actually in tournaments. It's it's probably just a great play because 200 under Saquon. He's a couple hundred more than Lenny and Javante and uh, DeAndre, like Swift. Like all those guys are going to be way more higher owned than Nick Chubb. So if you're just thinking about it, like Cleveland's got a really good offensive line. They're going up against the friggin' Jets who are awful. They can't move the ball at all. So it's probably going to be a plus game script for Nick Chubb. And like you said, what if he finishes the, the big runs and, and, and scores the touchdowns? I, that may, maybe I should be in on, on, on some Nick Chubb. I, I think it's a good call. Yeah, it just sucks when he loses that red zone work, like you said. But if he... First of all, he could break a huge monster touchdown anyway on the ground, especially against the Jets. So, um, yeah, I'm on board. Plus, I got some Rainmaker action on those guys. So, uh, Oh, I, God, I, you yeah. had to throw in the Rainmaker action. I mean, just I got the Rainmaker. Uh, what, what do they get? The, the RM uh, Chubb? Is that what you got? Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah. No, I don't have the R. I don't have the Rainmaker. I, I'm not a big dog like Bob. Bobby's the only one. I got Actually, I have one Rainmaker. And it's the worst one you could possibly have out of anyone. It's the <laughs> Detroit Lions defense who have no showdowns. And uh, it's their terrible defense. It's You can't run worse. I got um, sent a, I got sent a free uh, free card yesterday. It was Brian Edwards. Nice. Trying kid. to get me to try to get really me to I opened it up. Got a got a Brian Edwards. I mean, that's that's a way to get me get me in on the game. I'll tell you that, uh, DK. Um, all right, quickly. We're, we're at 48 minutes and we haven't hit on any uh, quarterbacks yet. Um, we'll try to speed it up. But give me your last final thoughts. We never touched on McCaffrey. We never touched on Jonathan Taylor. Um, we there, Or if you got another favorite pick that you haven't mentioned, throw them out there. Yeah, CMC and Taylor, no one's talking about them. Taylor's up at 9,900. Playing against Jacksonville, like if Pittman sits or if Pittman plays either way, like I would definitely have some interest in Taylor. It's just a matter of the opportunity cost of the running back position. It's pretty loaded from top to bottom. So he's kind of getting lost in translation, which could make him a good tournament play. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 
worried about the workload with Baker, but I feel like everyone is. And just how that game kind of just played weird. Like, I think they only ran 50 plays. So the fact they only ran 50 plays, like, if they see – if they run more plays, CMC, he did well in the 50 plays. Like, you definitely do well again, and he's only 400 more. I think he's 8,900 now. Like, I think they're both phenomenal tournament plays. I just haven't dug in enough to be like – I definitely want to play these guys, but it's definitely differentiated in terms of construction. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not going to be forcing in these guys. Uh, again, we, we still have running backs that we've talked about that are kind of all uh, in good spots. They're they're a little cheaper. There's some leverage plays in there too where, I don't know, it just might not be a spot where I definitely want to just spend up in all my lineups. You know, I might want to spend up a wide receiver. You know, so it's going to cause me to maybe not spend up at, at running back. You know, I, I do think they're going to get ownership. Everyone's talking about like, oh, Jonathan Taylor, he's, he's getting lost. And he's not going to get lost. He's going to end up being 10, 15% at the end of the day. All the people that say he's getting lost, he will end up being 10, 15%. And which is great. It's still leverage on the field though, right guys? Like if you want to play Jonathan Taylor, like and get leverage, like 10, 15% in tournaments, for you know he was like the number one pick in fantasy football like that's a that's fine like i'm fine with doing that it's just probably not going to be what i do this week but i'm not going to say it's like wrong all right um any anybody you guys want to throw out there as a last final player are you ready to move on to quarterbacks no we Mm -hmm. talked about enough uh enough running backs all right quarterback it's it's not like it's super sexy like usual. It's uh, so it looks like the chalkiest one is going to be Derek Carr, um, who was somewhat chalky last week, but that's just because of the high total, um, because of his offensive weapons. Now he didn't have put up a big game um, last week, but and he was somewhat popular. Um, but you know Devonte Adams looked awesome. Um, he certainly tried to force feed him, um, and uh, you know Arizona. Uh, just their secondaries in shambles and uh, they ranked dead last in DVOA from last week. Um, Carr does have a history of busting in high total games, but I don't, I mean, he's never been with this. He never had Devante Adams. Uh, there's you guys seen the Devante narrative, the grandparents narrative floating around all over Twitter. Yeah. He was yeah. like crying at the press conference or whatever. Yeah, or he's like, all excited whatever. for his, his grandparents to be able to finally see his, uh, a game that he's played in live. Um, I mean that's because, pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it matters personally. I think he's he's Devontae Adams. Like <laughs> it's not like we're talking about some like nobody who's like you know may, he's going to get his first shot and we don't. Let's really manufacture know touches shot. for Devontae Adams. I mean that's what they do every single play. <laughs> he had fifty touches last. I mean he had fifty percent of like the share of of targets for a wide receiver. Like think about that for every two. He had one of every two passes to a wide receiver for that game yeah. last week. Like fifty percent target share, seventeen targets, ten catches. Um, but anyway, so Carr's interesting. You know, still has Waller there, so definitely they have more more weapons. Um, he did play poorly, but he actually led all QBs in air yards last week, which is, you know, if only air yards uh, gave us fantasy points. But um, 
anyways, uh, another guy who's going to be somewhat popular, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't really have a strong take here because I know that all these guys are going to get some ownership, but there's not going to be massive chalk. I know Matthew Stafford's going to get some ownership because of the, the high implied team total. I know Lamar Jackson is probably the high, the, the top of the top, I think. Maybe it's either between him and Kyler. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of worries there with uh, both of them, actually, because Lamar didn't run, right? Uh, he, he ran for 17 yards last week, certainly aired it out, but, um, didn't run. So that's a concern. Um, then there's, uh, Kyler Murray has, you know, a lot less weapons, you know, everyone's hurt. Doesn't have Deandre Hopkins has always struggled without Deandre Hopkins, but is in that same game. And then, you know, if there's another guy with rushing upside, who might get kind of popular, but absolutely stunk last week is Trey Lance um against uh seattle but this is a good bounce back spot for the 49ers and that field was in looked like hilarious actually what they were playing in it was like they were playing in a monsoon um so i don't think that really matters much i mean maybe there's a lot to be concerned about but i, I don't know if we can say that yet we'll find out this weekend right um but those are kind of the guys maybe carson wentz gets some ownership because of his performance last week maybe russell wilson gets a little maybe daniel jones Gets a little. I like Daniel Jones personally, but uh, who, how do you guys see the top working out, Bobby? What do you think? Yeah, so I think for cash games, it's quarterbacks are going to be Carr and Trey Lance. They're kind of in the middle, but yeah, I my favorite would be Lamar up top. I think he's going to have to run more this week. Miami does a ton of blitzing, and he's just going to be forced because of situational blitzing. Um, outside of that, Joe Burrow, sixty six hundred, like. No one's going to play Joe Burrow this week, and they're playing in Dallas in the Dome. I love Chase, love Burrow to Chase this week. I think it's very interesting. I know everyone's going running back heavy. Everyone's going to go to this 50-point total in terms of uh, quarterbacks. They're not going to look – maybe Burrow gets lost because people just want to play Mixon, play Kyler and Carr, and pl just not kind of overlook just playing Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow could have a big week. Um, Stafford at 6,300, I find interesting. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't play him with Cup. Obviously, Cup's going to be a little lower owned. Um, he's at 63. And then for lower, I know we're talking just the high stuff now. Uh, Kyler is like, I, I, I just don't think I'm in the group of Kyler isn't good at football. He's fine for fantasy. Depending on where his ownership comes in is going to be pretty interesting. Like, I think he's going to be under owned but then i think at the same time everyone's going to be playing adams everyone's going to be playing renfro everyone's going to be playing waller so his his ownership might get a little bit more inflated to where like it doesn't really matter at quarterback but if you're playing him with dorch i would be a little bit skeptical if you're playing him with i would just play him differentiated um i don't know that's kind of how i see it up top you know kyler's great when he runs like that's what he's got to do more and also uh, the thing with him is that Las Vegas is secondary is not supposed to be very good. They lost their top two corners um, based from last season coming into this season. Um, so it, then, and they showed it in their first week where they're 29th in DVOA versus the pass from just that one week rating. But um, yeah, it's just scary. He just doesn't have the the weapons, right? Like you got to go back to Marquise, I guess, but like, who are we? We're, well, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get your take on uh Dorch, the Dorch man. Greg Dorch yeah. is all of a sudden uh, in our lives now as, as a chalk. He's the, the chalk cheap wide receiver play this week. But what are you thinking at quarterback JSU? Yeah. Uh, so 
I've talked about myself that I'm, I'm I am a fan of Derek Carr. I think he's good. I, I know he's he's gotten flack for a lot of years uh, from a lot of people. I just though can't play him when he's going to be the most popular play on the on the slate at quarterback. Like I know that's still not that much. It's only going to be like probably fifteen percent, um, which I do think he he gets to fifteen just because everyone stacks now in football and. Who's the most popular receiver? Devontae Adams. Darren Waller's going to get ownership, like Bobby said. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Ren- yeah, Renfro. Yeah. Like, and then the other, in the, and then the bringbacks are easy because it's condensed because all those wide receivers are out for Arizona, and they got James Conner, who's a lead back and a cheap tight end. So it's easy to kind of plug Greg Dorchin, who's going to be very popular at a cheap price. Plug Marquise Brown in in the mid tier. It's just an easy game to stack, and it's the obvious because it's the only 50-plus point total. So I do think he gets that type of ownership, which is fine. I'm not going to play him, though. I think if I had to play someone in that range, though, it'd probably be Trey Lance. I do think that Seattle's probably the worst defense. Um, They might be just the worst team in general in in the NFL, and they lose Jamal Adams. He's out for the year with the torn quad. I mean, I don't think that matters that much now, but like at the same time, I think San Francisco is going to put it on them this week. Like, I think we're going to see how bad Seattle actually is. And I think San Francisco, Trey Lance is going to run. He's going to use his legs. I, I think he he's the guy I'd, I'd look at kind of in that 57 to 6,300 range. Um, other guys, I'm not on Lamar. He looked bad. He looked really bad last week. Like he had the big play to Bateman, and then he had the other touchdown towards the end of the game. But like he kind of got there, but he it was kind of lucky he got there towards the end. Because if you watch that first half, you weren't feeling great paying up for Lamar after that first half. You were, and I and I played him. I played him. So I, I was one of these people. I was very very nervous going into that second half. Cause I was like, man, he's not running and he don't look that good. Like, I was feeling great. I was feeling great. Cause I had jets D everywhere. And then, and then it just oh, fizzled, fizzled on God. me. Yeah. So, so Lamar to me, if he's not running, like what are you paying 7,400? I just, I, I think Miami wins too. That's another take I have. I think Miami's just a better team than the, the Ravens. Um, Shout out to I, your call on the giants last week. Easy Thank winner, you. giblets. Thank you. That's that's giblets right there. Moneyline uh, Giants. They got it done for us, but uh, we we move on. And uh, other quarterbacks, I, I would prefer Kyler over Lamar. And I agree with Bobby. He's probably not a good football player. He's probably not a great quarterback. But for fantasy, he can still get it done. And if the Raiders are scoring points, which I think they will, regardless of how you see it. And Kyler's going to, you know, put up some points. I don't think they're going to get like just completely shut out by the team. It's just, do I want to spend up at quarterback will be the question. It'll depend on my builds and stuff like that. But I think I'd at least put them in the pool. Um, And then cheap guys. Yeah. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Like if you like their targets, uh, you, some of those wide receivers, which I do like, I think you're going to look to some of these quarterbacks. I mean, they're really cheap too. So you don't need the 32 Wentz gave you last, last week. Like, you know, they're, they're cheap enough where 
they give you in in the twenties, and you're you're going to be really happy. So, and I do think there are points scored in that game. So I, I definitely think I'll, I'll look there for stacking purposes. I'm trying to see I if kinda, there's like anyone like I kind of like side. I kind of like. I was going to say that I kind of like Tua too. I just think a... <laughs> I just think that Tyreek can have a huge speed advantage everywhere, like always, and like could could go off in this game. Um, I love Tyreek. You know, like Humphrey, like they uh, they're more physical in their uh, their play, right? Like that's how they. You can't be physical they're with Tyreek. Yeah, you they're can't aggressive because be, he's just gonna burn you. They're uh, also banged up in the secondary. There's like four of them that are on the. So, but even ones that are good or were good or you know they are they play this very similar style of just they're physical they get up in your face they want to jam you and and you know Tyreek Hill's one of those guys you can try and be physical with but he's sneaky quick he's strong too for a small guy like he's he's small but he's strong and he's, no he's no short shaming no, no short shaming here Fine, fine. I won't short shame. I love short people. Obviously, as a short person myself, I'm a I'm a big fan of the the short uh, people. But uh, you know, screw screw tall guys. Sorry, Bobby Gomes. But uh, yeah, not not a fan of uh, you tall people out there. But uh, yeah, I think Tyree Kill. He's one of those guys. He's got like slate breaking upside too, right, Kirkwood? So that's yeah, the, that's, the that's all I'm chasing. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I'm chasing. You know. And uh, I also I got some rainmaker. <laughs> you don't have Tua in the rainmaker. Dude, do I have you? Kyler. I need Kyler, Tyreek. I, I do. And my favorite play this week is Debo. Um, so uh, I, that he matches with your with your uh, your Lance. Although, like you the, don't the need, problem you with Debo is, I I don't know if he's like the best correlation play with Lance. Yeah, I you might. That's what I'm saying. Him. You don't. You don't have. He's to awful play with Lance. That's the thing. You don't that's have to thing. play him with Lance. You don't. He's going to steal touchdowns on the ground. I think he's like. It, that's what's hard about this. Like he could do. It could be either way. It could be. It could be either way. So but that's like, what I'm, worries that's me. That's what I'm though, saying. Right? You, you you could do it with Lance, but you could also not do it with Lance, and it yeah. doesn't really. You know, it's. Um, oh, I agree with you. He's someone you definitely do not have to stack. And honestly, if I'm playing Debo, I'm probably not playing him with Lance. Yeah, I'm probably. probably hoping that he maybe he scores one touchdown in the air and he gets the other one on the ground and it kind of hurts Lance's like total upside. You know what I mean? And you play someone else with him. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's just that Lance is so cheap that, you know, maybe, yep. maybe he gets there anyway. Uh, but I mean, if he if he was like seventy four hundred, like Lamar, like of course, like it, he would be the perfect leverage play. You know, oh, I'll just play Debo. You know, right? Uh, I mean, is there any other quarterback that we're missing? That I'm trying to see if there's any like stabs that just no. I mean, we, there's play. Tom Brady, but you're already you already said you're low, especially with that offensive line. Um, Jameis, I think people will try to make a case for. Um, yeah, he's cheap. Like but, but what about so? What about uh, Mr. Big T Giblets man himself, Taysom? I don't Taysom. What's he's at tight end, right? Where's he at? That's what he's, scares me. He's with a quarterback, uh, though, right? Davis, like forty-four hundred. Did he get if reps he, last week at quarterback? If Taysom is, that, in, uh, is in my best ball team, that's beating both of you guys. In our no way is, is he on your team? He he made it for the quarterback spot oh, for the for God. the he he beat all my whoever I, Bobby. I, 
Listen to this guy. So he's beating us in this mess ball that he didn't want to do. He was complaining the whole time. He texted me like, oh, I'm throwing money away. Oh, you guys are going <laughs> to destroy me, blah, blah, blah. And he's beating us at the end of week one. It, it's it's total BS. That's how I'm it goes. I right learned now. from Big T to draft Taysom. That's all, that's oh. all I could say. God. Um, all right, let's move it on over to wide receiver. Big T declines this show and he gets more love on the show than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Big T's coming on for a special guest. Uh, we'll get him on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, wide receiver. Let's let's break it down. Um, well, we Devontae Adams is going to be massive chalk, but he's, even at eighty six hundred, looks too cheap. I mean, literally, like what you said, uh, JSU, fifty percent target share week one, seventeen targets. And these are high value targets, right? Like his t- value targets are insanely valuable. Um, Arizona dead last in DBOA based on last week. Um, he He's basically week one, first in targets, first in air yards, first in target share. So already fresh out the gate and Carr didn't really have a good game and he didn't have, I mean, he had a good game, but he left a lot on the table, right? Like, so it could just be a massive, another massive game um, in this matchup. So we are said I love Tyreek Hill, uh, seventy one hundred. Um, it's you know I, it could go wrong for sure, right? He could definitely underperform, but it, man, he could he could go off and have a monster ceiling game. Uh, there's Cooper Cup. Um, there's my guy Debo, who uh, I'll talk about. And so the thing with Debo, eight carries, fifty two rushing yards, plus thirty three percent target share. Like you you. 33% target share is elite in its own right. And then you're telling me he's getting eight high value rushing attempts, especially they're always high because especially when they get down in towards the red zone is when they, they bust him out too. Um, so I'm big on him. Also, I happen to have a rainmaker uh, a, uh, with him. So I may be a little bit biased, but uh, he's in my elite lineup. But anyway, uh, him, a Cooper Cup, I mean, what do we have to say about Cooper Cup? The, the dude's a beast. Um, but Brandon Cooks is kind of cheap and has monster upside. Like, those are going to be the chalkier plays. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be in the mix after a good game. But he never gets enough play um, for what he should from based on last season. And this, I mean, the guy's just been incredible um, since last season, since like uh, week 13 of last season, just nonstop. Uh, you know, only one game where he was below 20 below 20 fantasy points if you count this first week even um since uh, week 13 and last week there's been one where he scored 15 fantasy points in denver at denver so um half like him marquise brown maybe we go back to him if that game i mean but he's gonna get he's gonna be popular because of how popular Carr and adams is he's the most natural bring back so um he's gonna be he's gonna have inflated ownership for for what he should um but there's a lot of other other plays all around. We could even talk Allen Robinson, uh, you know, after a horrible first game, um, you know, maybe gets, there's been coach speak there. Maybe he gets a little bit more love, but um, what I most interesting, I want, I want to hear your guys take on Dorch right off the bat and then, uh, and then talk about this high end, take it away, JSU. Yeah. I mean, Greg Dorch, (laughs) a lot of people are going to play him. He's going to be popular. He's cheap. Uh, condensed, uh, you know, wide receiver core for the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, he's he's in play. You want like eight to twelve fantasy points? Yeah, he probably gives you that like that like outcome. He probably gets you eight to twelve. Uh, 
in this game. But for, for me, I don't know. It's just going to all depend on lineup construction. I think there are other guys too, like in his range that are going to be lower owned that you can pivot to. So that's why like I may play some in certain Kyler builds or like where I'm building stacks of that game. If I, if I do end up building stacks that game with Kyler, I may put him in there, but there'll be some teams where I have pivots to different cheap guys in, 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 in around his price range. I don't just think he's a lock. I think all the cash people are just going to plug him in and, you know, highest total in the game. That's what they like to do. So I'm not just, I don't think he's just a complete lock where I'm just jamming him in uh, for sure. I think there's a ton of really good wide receiver plays. Amon Ross St. Brown might be my favorite. Uh, Like literally that guy just gets it done. Like every week, the dude is just producing. Like even the last year, like, the guy just – I wait for him to have, like, the down game. Like, last year, like, he went on that, like, crazy, like, ride at the end where he was just crushing every week. And I'm just like, one of these weeks, he's going to have a down game. So I'm just, like, not playing him, not playing – he just kept owning me every single week. Like, the guy is just good. He's just really good. I think he he's the perfect type of receiver that Goff really likes and wants to throw the ball to. And – I'm just going to play him. I think he's a really good play that it should get more ownership than he probably will at the end of the day too. I think he's going to fit in that boat of a guy that everyone talks up, but then there's so many plays in this Detroit Washington game that the ownership will get spread on some guys. And I think he's one of them. So uh, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. He's probably my favorite just guy overall Devonte adams is is like you said he's just he's such a good play tyree kill is going to be a volume monster for this team i said it before the season started this guy is gonna be the rack them up receptions type guy for this team and if he makes big plays like creates yards after the catch that's where he's going to have like the monster 150 in two games because i think it's going to be tough for tua to not not only see him, but hit him down the field on certain plays because he's got the lame duck arm still. Let's not forget, but they'll put him in the right position to make the plays, and Tyreek will do the rest. So I have confidence that he Tyreke- had a nasty catch last week where he jumped like super high when it looked like he had no chance at it. Like in, in no, Tyreek is nasty. Like yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Tyreek is he's definitely nasty, and he can definitely make big plays out of just like small normal like five yard you know ins and outs so like he's a really good receiver um play and then christian kirk another volume guy who i think is just he's gonna be the 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 guy that they pepper targets to out in jacksonville i think jacksonville is gonna be playing in you know game scripts that are advantageous for christian kirk for most of this year they're not that great of a team so they're gonna be down trying to come back in a lot of games. And I think that's where Christian Kirk can uh, be, be a big uh, target monster for their team. So I, I really like him. Um, a guy that no one's probably going to be on that. I like a little bit more than the field is Terry McLaurin. I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> if you just look at the ownership of that game, he's probably the lowest owned of every like, every like solid play in that game. Like for sure. I think he ends up being under 5% and it, it, it mainly has to do with the fact that 
He got outplayed by the two cheaper receivers last week. They outscored him fantasy wise, and everyone he had four, watched that only game. four targets. He had a TD, but if he didn't he only get had that four TD. targs, he didn't TD get that TD. Late. Yeah, yeah, the TD was late. Curtis Samuel was a target monster. Johan Dotson had the two touchdowns. Everyone remembers that, and they're cheaper. So I think this is a big, big game for Terry McLaurin too. Detroit, that secondary is bad. The defense is going to give up points, and they play a lot of man. That that Terry McLaurin can burn anybody one on one. So you give me Terry McLaurin against Detroit secondary, I'm going to take my chances with uh, some over the top production there. In the dome too. In the dome, always important. Um, yeah, Bobby, what do you what do you think? I got one play. I'm going to also throw in there. So T Higgins, uh, you know, his father passed away, so he was out of practice this week. I mean. How can you not root for this guy? And then also, like, you hope that they are like, okay, we're playing Dallas. We're going to win this game. We're going to get you some love here in this game to, you know, support him. Little little narrative play. Yeah, no, I, I like the Higgins call. I, I really like Chase, to be honest. But it, the narrative there with T. Higgins makes a ton of sense. I think you guys hit on two really good plays. McLaurin with Curtis Samuel and likely – uh, Dotson being shock. I think that's very interesting. And Kirk, I love the uh, Debo Samuel call just because like he's getting the rush yards and then he's getting the 33% target share. Play him individually. I think he's a really good play. Kirk, Amon Ross, St. Brown, those two receivers, they're just volume like hounds. I, I would definitely have them in my player pool. And Cooper Cup at 9-9, like Cup, are people going to be low on Cup? Like they're never really low on Cup, like 14% ownership. Versus Atlanta, they really struggle versus slot receivers in the past. Um, def, like, I, I'm definitely going to have shares of Cup in one way or another. Uh, outside of that, like, from the wide receiver position, I think Brandon Cooks is going to end up pretty chalky. And, like, you hit on Kirk and Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, I think I'd rather just play them. Patrick Sertan's pretty good there in Denver. I know you don't want to, like, overthink cornerback, cornerback wide receiver matchups, but – I don't know, just if he gets too chalky, he's someone you could come off of. Uh, yeah, outside of that, I don't know. I, I don't – like the, the Tampa Bay, Mike Evans is going to pop in projections. I just don't have any interest in playing uh, the Bucks this week. Um, I've got – and the other side of that game, we should talk about Michael Thomas, who yeah. struggled the first half with his Jameis connection. Uh, but certainly turned it on in the second half, eight targets, five reception, 57 yards, most importantly, two touchdowns. I think he's going to get steamed because one, the blitz always loves him and is spitting him out right now. Um, and I mean, if he's back, he, it's just too cheap, 5,800. And also mm-hmm. with Camara being out potentially, if, if he, he'll shoot up, especially if, uh, if Camara's out, I kind of want Camara to play to keep uh, maybe some ownership in check for Michael Thomas, because I, I think he is kind of overlooked at this point, I think is the, is the way I'm seeing it. The Alave, Alave too, like he's a guy who could get up, get going versus Buck secondary. So I don't mind either Thomas or Alave Landry at 11. I think Landry's the best play. If I just had to pick. Yeah, one. I think he, he's, he looked- I'm not getting fooled by Michael Thomas's two touchdowns. I think Jarvis Landry was the best play uh, last week. You know, obviously he didn't score, but seven receptions, nine targets. He was running some deeper routes too. I think he can kind of do some damage over the middle against this Bucks team. 
I'm not I'm not playing Michael Thomas. That's that's another play. I'll just I'll I'll let the people chase the two touchdowns. I'm I'm not going after it. Interesting. That's uh, that goes with the rule that I said. If people start to like one thing and then JSU says go against it, that's the time to follow. So I, I don't think I'm don't gonna... don't no, jinx no, me I, right I now. I just want to be able. I just want to be able to blame you. Ma- and go Bobby, fucking Michael you, Thomas, Bobby, 200 yards. It's Sunday night. I'm gonna get a text from Kirk. JSU buried me. JSU, thanks for the Michael Thomas take. Uh, Buried me. And then he's gonna go, but I still won. That that's what he's gonna do after he tells me. And then he's gonna show us the Yahoo screenshot of like twenty five thousand. Yeah, that's how we do it, boys. That's how we do it. You did it last week. Very respectful. Um, all right. Uh, anything else in here? We're running out of time. That's pretty much it. Like the the other thing is like I know Jerry like, Judy, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy's hitting every optimal. I don't mind Judy at all. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton's fun. gonna be the guy you end up wanting. Personally, he's getting the fifth round rookie, right? Yeah, he's gonna get that that right. Uh, uh, quarterbacks. We we the one thing that we should be on is quarterbacks with these outside rookie cornerbacks they're they're targeting those guys michael pittman just got absolutely i mean he just friggin' owned this dude last week like it's just gonna happen they see the rookie i i still remember tom brady talking about it i can't remember who it was but they know every single player these these good they know every single player on that defensive unit they know where they went to college they know what year they got drafted they know everything and they pick those rookies out they, and they will pick on them constantly. That was something I remember Tom Brady talking about years ago where he was just like, yeah, this guy's a six-round pick and it, it, undrafted, blah, blah, blah. Like, they know who they're going after. Like, and I remember calling it out one day and being like, whoever was facing is going to have a big game. The guy crushed because you just constantly have this dude, uh, rookie, six-round pick, and just ate him up. And it was just because Brady just kept peppering him. And he just wouldn't stop going to him. Just or would he would not talk stop the guy him. up and then just totally attack him. Yeah, no, that I'm serious. Like that's what he would do too. Like he didn't care. He he's so smart. Like the quarterbacks need to pick that up from these like veteran guys. Like what about Renfro? Tom Brady is so smart. Who? Renfro. You kind of. I can't him. play. I can't play Renfro the way. You got Darren Waller, Devontae Adams. Where's where's Renfro fitting in? Like, I mean, that's the only thing is it's like you're like McDaniel's. He's gonna he's definitely gonna use them eventually, you know. And I keep thinking that. That's yeah. what's getting me there. Uh, the problem like is I, when Devontae like I, Adams is always open, it's hard not to get him the he's literally always open. Like <laughs> you know what it is? It's like he's open. It's the Patriots bet uh uh it's our, they influence everything. I was like, I was playing TJ Hawkinson every single week in his rookie season because Vrabel, I'm like, they drafted him just to be like Gronk, you know? And like, he just busted every single week. Um, but uh, all right. It's that bias that we have. All right. Uh, any other, uh, like, I think we've nailed, we've done enough plays. Let's move on over to tight end. Um, this is interesting because like, the paydown options are going to be Jawan Johnson. He's catching steam for 2,500 because he got some targets last week, five targets, 43 yards, 2,500. He helps the builds. He's like going to be like a big for a cash games um, because he can fit in all these other studs. But um, 
you know, and then there's like Albert O who's kind of cheap and, you know, had some encouraging usage, six targets, five receptions, uh, one uh, important red zone look where he almost got a touchdown. But um, so I, I get that. But then we have like Mark Andrews who I love and like, I don't know how chalky he's going to be. I think he'll probably be the most played in tournaments, but like how, how owned do you guys think he's going to be? Because if he's not too high, I love him because the dolphins were 30th in DVOA last year versus tight ends. Um, He ran a route on 94% of Lamar's dropbacks. Lamar hasn't been rushing a lot. You know, like if he's, if he's going to continue to not rush a lot, like Andrews is going to get massive, massive, have some massive games. Uh, he is first in air guards for tight ends after week one. Um, kind of, you know, didn't have a good box score or game log per se, but certainly the a lot of encouraging signs. So, I mean, I just look, look at him as just miles ahead of all of these other plays. The only other play that maybe I could be convinced on because I'm a fish and I've been playing this guy uh, every single week that he's been in the NFL, except the game where they went to London when he actually scored a touchdown. Um, Kyle Pitts. I mean, am I stupid for just continuing to play this guy? I feel like you need a plan. I, I I don't think you need to run it back with Henderson and Cup, but he would be him and Patterson would probably be my favorite runbacks. But I get he's frustrating. He's a frustrating roster. Um, Mark Andrews. I like the Mark Andrews call. Like, I want to go right back to Mark Andrews. I'm seeing his ownership a little bit elevated than what I thought it would actually be. Uh, Albert O is coming in as the chalkiest. Uh, I like, I don't mind Albert O. I just don't usually want to play the chalk tight end. Um, Darren Waller is going to. So the thing about Albert O is you, it's like, not only is it a chalk tight end, but it's a chalk tight end on a team with Sutton against a rookie corner, like JSU said, with Judy, who's a massive deep threat with Javante, who's looked awesome. Right. Like, so he's at best, he's the fourth option at best. Right, it might be the third though because they're taking out Hamler. Well, yeah, the fourth option, yeah, behind Javante, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. But Hamler's out injured, so it should that's the reason he's gaining the steam. But getting. like, think about that like, we're playing at best a fourth option, yeah, no, as, chalk, as chalk, but yeah, he's cheap, obviously, exactly, like, exactly. Uh, but and then I, I'm kind of, I kind of saw, I kind of, he looked bad last week. And it's probably going to take him a couple of weeks to warm up because he's so old. Zach Ertz, dusty old Ertz, with his at least he got the the touchdown and got the two point conversion to salvage what would have been an awful day where he just didn't look great. But he's practiced in full this week, and he wasn't on the uh, on on uh, the injury the final injury report. So maybe that's a good sign for him getting the getting some of the dust off. And uh, I could definitely get on board with some Zach Ertz just because I agree with you. I think it's like. He practiced in full. He's 4,500. He's not coming in super popular either in a game that's going to be owned, right? It's going to, it's going to have ownership. There's not as many guys there. Like he's going to be one of the top options. Like it's going to be him, Brown, Connor, and then the rest after that, like that's how it's going to go. And you can say, Oh, Greg Dorch did better than him last game. That's fine. But like, do we think that continues? I think that Zach Ertz is going to be one of the guys that comes out of it in the end. So 4,500, he makes a lot of sense to me. Mark Andrews won't be high owned. I, I think he's like 15% Kirkwood because yeah, but it's like too he, many high owned 
like wide receivers and running backs people want to pay for. I don't think people want to spend up a tight end. I, I think that's why the O's. I think that's why the Albert O's, the Higbees, the Juwan Johnsons, uh, TJ Hawkinsons, these guys are gonna be high, higher owned because they fit the the common roster build, which is I want to play one or two of Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, uh, Saquon, and like McCaffrey or Ta- you know what I mean? Like they they want to play like two of those guys, you know. So to do that, you're gonna have to sacrifice at a position. And in a big way too. So going down to a 3,700 tight end in a, in a cheap defense, which is what everyone's going to do on the slate helps you get in two of those studs. Yeah. But like, I just see such a massive difference. Like I said, so you look at Albert O and you've got like at best the fourth option in a matchup where maybe the game is controlled anyway. And they, they lean more run heavy. And then you got, in a game which should be competitive, I think. I think it's going to be a good game, Baltimore and Miami. And you got a guy who's nine running routes as a tight end on 94% of the draft backs is the clear number one option when they don't really have a strong running back right now, right? Like, and Lamar's not running. It's just like, it's like staring me in the face. Like, this is like the easiest play. I think you're right on Andrews, dude. I really like Andrews too. It's differentiating the construction a ton at the tight end position. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, too, like, if, if you want a cheap tight end, everyone's going to play Juwan Johnson for, like, real cheap, but... Can I guess? I, I, Yeah, you can guess. Go for it. Logan Thomas? No, I, I was going to say Isaiah Likely. I think I, Isaiah Likely, I think they want to get this kid involved. He, I played him me, last week. It, I played him. To me, it looked like too. early. He Like, when I saw him playing early in the game, I'm like, Oh wow, they they really want to get this guy involved, and it and it looked to me like he was just shaky. Like he, I'm sure he had a ton of nerves. It being like his first like regular season NFL game, he just didn't look right. But like the talent is absolutely there, and this dude is like a legit receiver type tight end. Like he's not like he he can have monster games. So. I think they need weapons like him. That's the thing Baltimore's missing. And I think that's why Baltimore's like needing him to play earlier in spots. And let's just say Baltimore gets down. He might be needed even more in the game just for his like pass catching upside. So I like the dolphins in this game. If you think the Ravens are trailing in this game, the passing script for Andrews likely make more sense. Right. So I like the tight end, however you want to shake it, whether it's the cheap guy or the expensive guy, but makes sense. He's from Everett, too. I think he's from Everett, Mass, likely. Is he? Yeah, Mass guy. Oh, wow. All right, now I now I got to play him a little bit. I got to show a little friend, love Friend to of the, the show, guys. friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I have a little bit of interest, but I just also want to warn everyone on my Zach Ertz love. Uh, I don't hate this. Zach don't Ertz. you dare say you have an RM Zach Ertz card. I have I two. I have tough. two. He. I have two Zach Ertz elites in my Rainmaker collection, so I need them this week. Is Mac Jones uh, playing for the Patriots? Can you mute Kirkwood for for at least thirty seconds? Is there a way? Yeah, sure. I'll mute myself. I mean, the, do the thing where you like go away for thirty seconds. I, Rainmaker's talk needs to go on this show. We need to. We need to figure something out. We need to stop with the Rainmaker talk. 
I can't do it anymore. Well, we had a, we had a comment that they it. said they more rainmakers, more rainmaker content. We need to do a solo pod. Bobby Dobes or, or Kirkwood need to do a solo pod on no, rainmakers. I, I actually, if Bobby and I did one, it would be pretty funny because we would just. I think it would be. We would no, just trash how 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 we feel like oh, we got suckered in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to give the full disclosure. So, Bobby, take it away. If you want a final, we never do this. We're we're gonna. We're going to hold off on our favorite stack. And this week, we're not. We're going to do favorite stack. We're going to do it uh, out of a suggestion in the comments from YouTube. We're going to do it like it's a sing- If you have one bullet, one single entry in a single entry contest, you know, somewhat large field, but not too, like maybe a, up to a thousand entries or something like that. What, what's your favorite stack at this point? Um, but Bobby, this is the segment we've now newly implemented for you. This is the Bobby Gomes defense section. Take it away. Okay, so at defense, we have a mispriced defense with the Bengals, 2,200. Everyone's, everyone's going to play them. Uh, that was Pricing came out before Dak got injured pretty much. Pivots, I think, you can do off the chalk defense. I would definitely consider playing the Bengals in this situation, but usually a maximum the chalk defense. I uh, like the Jets. They're at 2,200. I think they're going against Cleveland. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's the QB there. Not too spectacular. I'll do, although I do like Nick Chubb, so I, I don't know. About that whole situation. Steelers D versus the Patriots, 2,800. I think they're in play somewhat. Um, I don't know who's the QB for New England. Mac Jones at the back injury. On the other side of that game, Patriots defense versus Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky's not the greatest. They're 2,900. Panthers D would be the next one up at 3K versus the Chalk Saquon and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is turnover prone. Maybe there's some leverage there with the Panthers. Raiders D going up. Versus the chalky Arizona fast-paced game just makes sense. Um, Kyler sucks. It's pretty much my analysis. Uh, and then the Browns D versus the Jets up at thirty-seven hundred. Those are the defenses for tournaments that I think are possibly in play. I don't know what my favorite one would be though. I have to kind of nail it down at some point. Right now I'll go with the. Uh, if I have to pick one, let me go with. Uh, the Browns paying up a D at 3,700. Well, that's too much. I don't know why I'm paying up a D. I never do, but they're the ones sure. that because, I don't know. Bobby, everyone's paying down at defense. So you're, you're, here's a rule I would consider implementing. I would consider if I, you know, I think everyone's going to play Mixon Bengals correlation. I would probably set a rule like if I'm playing Mixon to not include the, the Bengals D, even though that the correlation is there. Yeah, I think I'm not playing Mixon, but it's going to be tough not to play some Bengals here at 2200. All right, let's uh, thank you, Bobby, for the defense segment. We'll do it again next week. Please leave comments if you enjoyed Bobby's defensive section. I want to hear it. I want to hear some defense love. Bobby. Tournaments. I think, I think we should. I want to hear your takes on defense, both of you. I think that's why we don't talk defense is because we're like, it doesn't, doesn't freaking matter. Um, but anyway, uh, all right. Single entry stacks. I'm going to start off. I'm going to steal. If I'm looking to get a little bit, a little bit different, but just a little bit, I think this Washington 10 Detroit game goes off. I agree with what JSU said. I think the obvious play is Terry McLaurin, who's not going to be owned much and uh, has monster upside and just didn't have his game. I think, Wentz is probably a good play because I think, you know, he does have a lot of weapons kind of if Jahan, I mean, 
Dotson is uh is electric. Like he can do a lot. Uh, uh, Curtis Samuel was like people. He's always been like the Swiss Army knife that can do a lot. And then McLaurin is just has monster upside. And also Gibson was used a lot in the passing attack. So I think they're going to pass a lot in this game. I think it has shootout written all over it. If these guys, if you get the right game script, you get lucky. So I, I, I like running it back easily with Amon Ross St. Brown. Maybe use a Hawkinson to a tight end. But uh, that's that's my single entry. What do you guys got? JSU, you can go. Okay. Uh, I'll give out, since uh, Kirkwood took that one, I will give out the Indy versus Jacksonville game Ooh. here. I think this is a very interesting game for, for stacking purposes. In large field tournaments, I don't do that single entry, uh, you know, a thousand man crap thing. I'm talking about you, you got one team, you want to stack up a game that's going to be probably a low owned stack because let's be honest, a lot of these games are kind of like grouped together after like the top two probably. A lot of these games are going to be grouped as just like not great DFS stacking games, right? Where the ownership gets spread so far out that a lot of these will be low-owned plays. But I think you've got a condensed uh, wide receiver group for Jacksonville, which is nice. You, you've got Christian Kirk, who's obviously the number one. And then you've got Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, who were the other two wide receivers who pretty much played the entire game. They play All three of them played 70-plus percent of the snaps. So that's nice. And then – you got Travis Etienne, who has the upside, dropped the touchdown, also had like a, a fumble, uh, just like didn't have a good game, but he ultimately has tournament upside. And then the Indy situation is really interesting because they got no Alec Pierce. Um, Michael Pittman is questionable. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to get some ownership, but this passing game is cheap. You're going to have cheap options, whether Pittman plays or not. Paris Campbell – Austin Doolin, if if Pittman's out, stretch hands probably going to play on the outside. Like he'd be interesting. He's a he's a big target. He, he's like a, a big dude. So uh, I think there's some interesting pieces to kind of stack up. I, I don't love Trevor Lawrence. Like I I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to look better than he did. I was kind of disappointed. He he didn't look a little better last game. And Matt Ryan was awful at the beginning of that. Like Matt Ryan was terrible. How many turnovers? He, he just had a really bad game. Four fumbles from Matt Ryan in an interception. Like, he still scored 20 fantasy points. I think he has a better game here. Jacksonville's secondary is bad, too. Like, really bad. Carson Wentz threw for th over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Like, Matt Ryan is going to have some success through the air, regardless of who it's to. And I, I think it, there's going to be points in this game. So, interesting stack at low ownership. I think that's really, I think that's a really sharp call, especially with Taylor the past like his past game work last week. And um, then Pittman's going to be late in terms of injury. No one's going to be talking about Ryan. That's the first time anyone's mentioned Ryan. I've heard all week. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Cincy. I know it's uh, everyone's going to be playing the defense. They're going to be playing Mixon, Burrow, Chase, Higgins. I think there's good levers there. You get them relatively low owned. Their ceiling projections aren't as high as a lot of the other like stacks on the slate and they're playing in Dallas. It's a dome. I think Cooper Rush can keep this game more competitive than people realize. Not that I think Dallas is going to win it, but maybe you can score some more points. I don't know. Keep it interesting. So, like this. Bobby, you going to play Cooper Rush? No, not you a have, You have to. 
I mean, come on. You literally, you just said the ba- the Bengals game for, for ownership. Like, get in there and tell people you're going to play 5K Cooper Rush. I'm not playing any run. I don't have to run it back. That's the other thing. Everyone thinks they have to run it back. I don't have to run it back. I just play Cincy. But you think there's going to be points on both sides of the game, correct? Because you wouldn't like the Cincy stack as much. We're giving him credit for. I don't think he's good. I think he's a traditional. My point is, if you think that Cooper Rush can put some points up on the board, then you should play him at 5K. No, I I, I don't know who he's going to throw to that. No idea. No, play him because then you. This is like the most Cooper Rush. No, you're Bobby. You're missing (laughs) the greatest opportunity. You get to blame JSU if you lose. No, wait a second. No, this is I'm not playing Cooper Rush. You can't you like, blame you, me. You could be like, you made me play Cooper Rush. I'm like, trying you, to you get him to I'm Jones trying to get him to buried me again. Thing. You buried me again. He's saying that there's gonna be points scored on both sides. He should play Cooper Rush at 5k if he likes him that much. I'm I'm well, trying to get Zeke. him. Maybe the man likes Zeke. I think Chase can just have like two touchdowns and really ruin the slate for people well chase can definitely do that any any slate because he's a fucking he's a beast yeah he's all right close it on out give him the the run pure uh promo code let him know oh yeah yeah if anyone wants uh if anyone likes any any of my breakdown on the show and they want more of it uh do do a few different shows over at run pure we got a uh premium showdown show for the Thursday night football game. Obviously that I'm on with uh, big T and Tambo uh, do a print factory show where we talk about the main slate with uh, ODB, uh, a really good, better um, big T and uncle Dunkle. And then uh, I do the up to lock show Sundays uh, from 1130 AM all the way to one. I take all the questions in the, the premium chat for all the subs over at Rumpier sports. Uh, got core plays, full player pool where I, I list all the positions and all the players I'm kind of looking at for the slate, especially if you're, you're MMEing and you want a full player pool. I, I do that. So, uh, you know, yeah, if you want all my content, check it out, runpuresports.com and, uh, get in the uh, discord. And I'll, I'll close it out for Bobby and I, who are on Sunday mornings. Uh, what are we at? 1030, 1030 to 1130. 10.30 to 11.30, Grinders Live. Grinders Live. We uh, we had some good calls last week. I called Sterling Shepard. I know I got there because he of a 65-yard bomb. Uh, but you know what? That's all it takes. Um, but anyways, we got tons of content at Rotor Grinders, everything. And the new thing that's coming out now is this uh, scores and odds uh, parlay correlation tool that we have. So uh, check that out. I know I'm going to be digging into that. Check me and Bobby out. Check Run Pure Sports out with JSU and uh, leave some comments on the shows. If you enjoy it, sorry, it takes so long, but I hope you guys are listening at like 1.5 or two, 2.0 or something on your podcast. So you can condense the time, but yeah, uh, and don't leave a uh, troll comments either. Like leave actual comments. Like if you dislike the show, tell us why you disliked it. You don't, don't be a troll and just like say stupid things in the comments. Like either say you liked it or you didn't like it and why, We'll take criticism. We're not afraid. We're big boys. So just hit the thumbs up if you liked it. Write a comment, but don't be don't be trolls in the in the comment section. We don't we don't need you. All right, and if you want to hear more rainmaker stuff, let me know. <laughs> uh, all right, this has been the RGDFS Tournament Takes Podcast Week Two. We will catch you again next week for Week Three. Thank you. <laughs>